words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned on this program no longer exist. Blind Like Me does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io. To join, send a blank email to blindlikeme plus subscribe at groups.io. That's blindlikeme plus subscribe at groups.io. Welcome to this week's exciting edition of Blind Like Me. I'd, I'd love to be an announcer. I'd like to be a sportsman. Good evening, sport fans. You know, wouldn't it be wonderful? But blind guys don't get to do ball games, but we do get to do Blind Like Me. And here's a fellow that uh, that I've never shaken hands with, but uh, I called him last night to do uh, to engage him to do a Blind Like Me today, and uh, we should have taken five minutes. We talked an hour. So he's just a friend that I've never met. And we have a lot in common. Both of us are audio nuts, and so are a lot of you, so you maybe you'll understand if we talk a little audio. Tim Cummings, welcome to Blind Like Me, sir. Thank you. Nice to be here, Phil. Well, it's good to have you, and it's good to meet you. It's good to know you, and it's your enthusiasm uh, uh, infects me. Yes, I'll learn your goal away if that's what you want me to do. Yes, sir, I sure will. That's what we're talking about, uh, learning, uh, learning computers, blind people learning computers in Europe. You're a whiz. You you know computers pretty well, right? Uh, you know, I I don't know about that. I mean, I I I say I think I know them pretty well, and then I meet somebody who knows a lot more than I do. So I'm still learning, just like everybody else is. Oh, uh, you always want to be around people who know uh, something more than you do. How how can you exactly. how can we learn if we? It was always always my criteria. Radio station, most radio stations, people are afraid to hire somebody that's better than they are. I never was. I, I always thought I could probably learn something from it. Maybe you know, I would. Uh, exactly. I would be a better at what I do. Now, what do you, what do you do for a living? You are. I work in the customer service for NSTAR, which used to be Boston Edison, which is the uh, local power company up here. Oh, so if somebody calls with a complaint, do you do that, or do you? I do. do well, I do some of that. I do more of the uh, the moving calls. So if okay. You're, you're moving from Lufkin to, to Dallas or someplace, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and you got to close your account and open a new account. I get that all set up for you. And this actually is our busiest time uh, between June and September because we've got this. Is, I'm up here in Boston, and of course, Boston is a uh, huge mecca for students. So we have a lot of students moving in and out, and uh, so it's this is our this is our busiest time. We probably take. Uh, in the whole call center, we probably take between five and eight thousand calls a day. Five and eight thousand calls a day. 
a day. Yeah. How many of those do you handle? I probably take, on the busy days, I probably take 100. Now, you say you, you don't only, do you just, does this company just serve Boston or, or what? Oh, no. We, um, well, we've, we kind of merged a couple of years ago, so we actually, um, we serve Boston um, and a lot of the surrounding towns, 50 surrounding towns and, and cities, plus we serve a lot of towns now uh, on the Cape, Cape Cod. Uh-huh. So we have uh, we have a couple million customers, so it can get pretty crazy. And so if you take 100 calls a day and several thousand come in, there must be several hundred people doing this. What well, you we've do. Got, yeah, we, we've, we're actually down, but uh, we I think we've got about 100 people now. At the call center, taking uh, taking calls. So are, are that, you... that's on a that's on a busy day. Like for example, Mondays, and, and, and a lot of people will tell you this who work in customer service. Yeah. The worst time to call probably is on a Monday or a Friday, because on a Monday it's the beginning of the week. Everyone wants to get their stuff done, so they're all calling. And on a Friday, everyone's going away for the weekend, so they want to get their stuff done, so they're calling. So those are probably okay. two of the busiest days of the week. All right, that's good. To, that's good to know. Uh, now, are there? Are you the only blind person there doing this? I am the only blind person there doing this. In fact, I think I think I'm the only uh, at this point the only blind person in the company. So, and I've been doing this for about eleven years. Well, obviously you do it well. You've been there eleven years. Um, they they ought to uh, they ought to hire some other blind folks or whatever. I mean, well, you, I, know. you know, I think they're they've talked about it. I, you know, I think now they're you know in the whole down sizing arena yeah. they're trying not to hire new people and of course the other thing you hear about call centers is uh, a lot of places you'll call now uh dallas and them places you'll either be talking to somebody in india or somebody in the philippines That's those seem to be the two true. big places for call centers yeah uh did you hear the show with the gas ones on they're doing marriott i think marriott hotels um, uh, i didn't hear that i'm going to go back and listen to that but i did i do i have heard the woman on who works for uh Oh, the the big uh, hardware place. Yeah, she works for Home Depot. Home Linda, Depot, yeah. Linda Justice. Uh, yeah. She works yeah. for Home Depot, and and uh, she's just such a, a, a wonderful part. I hope she comes in November. I don't know whether she is or not, but I'd like to see them come. Her husband is a hell of a musician. Uh, he could help us out. He's a real keyboard player, as opposed to you and me, who just kind That's of fool true. with one. This is true. And now... <laughs> Uh, you are you've been doing this eleven years. You are totally blind. Yes, sir. And your wife is totally blind, also. Yes, yes sir. So there is there are no eyes in Tim's house. Uh no, not not uh, except when we have our readers or our volunteers come over. No, uh-huh. there are no eyes in my house. No eyes in your house. Well, there are none in mine today because I'm the only one here. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is out of town. You know, it's really funny. Just a little aside. I, I want to be alone until I am. And yeah. then I'm going, nobody loves me. I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I've been looking forward to this just with great, because I thought, oh, I've three, four days by myself, do what I want to, drink all I want to, eat anything I want to. And this afternoon I'm going, what am I going to do when Tim and I hang up? I want everybody to talk to you. That's just right. pathetic, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Well, you got, you got Frankie. I got Frankie and Johnny. I do, you, you're right about that. They're both, and, and Frankie's a handful. She's about eighty pounds. Yeah. And, and so you were, you were. How did you get blind? You born this way? Yes, I was. Um, um, you've had other guests who've had the same condition. I yeah. was a. Used to be called RLS, and now it's called retinopathy of prematurity. I was three and a half months premature. Yeah, and they gave you and, too much oxygen. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm yeah. 41 years old, so that'll give you. Um, I was born in '63, so. 
we have had an inordinate amount of, of people, of guests on who, who just had that exact same thing. And it's funny because I never knew about it until we start, so I started doing this. Yeah, uh, between, I think, the early 50s and probably... Uh, from then up until probably the early sixties it was a pretty it was a pretty common occurrence. And yeah. then they, they discovered it and you find less of it now. Though once in a while you guys I guess you still, still, you still happens, hear about it. I guess. Uh, the, the deal is if they didn't give you the oxygen you'd die, but if you, exactly. if they did you you might lose your eyesight. That's right. So I'd rather be uh, alive and blind than dead. So yeah, uh, yeah. There have been times in my life when I didn't feel like that. Well, this is true too. But this, no matter how lonely I get this afternoon, it, this ain't gonna be one of them. I can tell you that. <laughs> yes, I'm having, I'm having the best time of my life doing this. What I'm doing now. And so you, you started out life um, uh, as, a, as a totally brothers and sisters. If... I have three brothers. I have, uh, I'm, I'm uh, number three. So I have two older brothers and a younger brother. Uh, yeah, they are. They all see perfectly, right? Yes, they're all perfectly sighted. But they uh, did they include you pretty much as a as a as a youngster? Is it? Yeah, you know? I mean, we did a lot of things. You've talked to a lot of people uh, about riding a bike, and and yeah. my parents really had a had a, a neat way to teach me to ride a bike. What we would do is we'd go on a Sunday. Uh-huh. And this was back here in um, Boston when stores weren't open on Sunday. We'd go to a, a shopping center. And I would just ride around the uh, the parking lot on my bike, and they'd stand just in different places just to give me voice cues so I wouldn't run into anything. And that's how I learned to ride a bike. That's pretty cool. You just you just take off riding on this on this bike because there'd be no take, cars in the take parking off lot. Take around the parking lot, and then I later on we got uh, uh, my parents bought an old uh, tandem bike, and so we used to go yeah. do uh, do tandem rides. One of these old sixty pounders. <laughs> Well, would you be the front guy or the back guy? I, I was the stoker. I was in the back. I you were in the back. You were you were pedaling, and yeah, the guy, somebody up front was guiding. Exactly. I thought they might have told you which way to go. Now, I guess nobody had that much nerve. <laughs> <laughs> I've driven a car or two, people telling me which way to turn. I wouldn't do it now, but, uh, of course, it, it's cars are so busy. But back when you could do silly things like that. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, yeah, back, in, back in the good old days. Here we are yeah. reminiscing. You're just 41, you know. I know I'm a youngster, right. but you, that's you, all right. You are. That's good. So, uh, and and so you learned to ride a bike, and I guess you had the same echolocation system that the rest of us do. You, you know, I did, but I was I didn't even aware I was I used it until I got into school, and my mobility teacher yeah. said to me one day, she said, uh, she, you know, because they used to follow you out on routes, and she said, you know, uh, why are you you're why are you whistling when you're walking? I said, I'm not whistling. She said, oh, you, she said, no, you, she said, you're clicking your tongue. You're using echolocation. And I yeah, was doing going, it unconsciously. I wasn't even aware of it. You're going. Exactly. Yeah, I do it. I, yeah. All blind people do it. That's so you can hear if there's anything in front of you. That's right. <laughs> but you, you, you aren't aware of it unless you stop and think about it. You're, exactly. You're just, it's just, it comes second nature to you. You know, if I don't do this, I might run into something. So, That's right. You know, it's just... It, uh, and and I guess if they followed you on on your uh, they taught you did they teach you some what first of all what blind school did you go to or did you go well, to I didn't I I want to I want to elaborate on this a little bit because I know okay. you had this discussion on your program and yeah, I think go ahead. it's a very interesting one um, I was I went to public school but I was a little different than the kids who are mainstream today there's a there's a big debate going on about mainstream versus residential schools and you've had this on your program. I think I had the best of both worlds because the program that I was in, we uh, 
my parents, I lived in Winchester, which is a town outside of about eight miles north of Boston. Uh-huh. And um, I went to school in a town a couple towns away called Medford, Massachusetts, and they had a resource program. And so part of the day I spent in the resource room learning Braille and uh, learning how to use a slate and stylus and an abacus and all that kind of stuff. And then the rest of the day I spent in the regular classroom with the, with the rest of the students. So I, I think I had the best of both worlds because oh, I yeah. get all the training that I needed, but I was also in the regular classroom. And the older I got, the less time I spent in the resource room and more time I spent in the regular classroom. And then when I was uh, my last year of, of junior high school, ninth grade, I switched back to the Winchester school system and was able, the junior high was, was right three blocks from my house. So I was able to walk, the one and only time I was able to walk to school, which was, which was great. So you walked to school on I your own. I walked to school. That's uh, really cool. Took me ten minutes, and uh, you know I could. It was nice because I could stay after. Um, I could stay after you. We, we had uh, I, there was a high school uh, musical and I was a junior high musical and I was in that, so I could stay after school to do that and wouldn't have to yeah. worry about you know getting a ride home and all this kind of stuff. So it really worked out well. So by the time I got into um, the Winchester school system for my last year of junior high and high school, I'd been around sighted kids all my life, but I also had all the skills that I needed. So I didn't, you know, need that much of a resource room. You didn't need and, uh, that resource class anymore. You knew Braille? No, I knew. Yeah. I, had, I, had a, I had an itinerant teacher who came a couple times a week to either, you know, Braille stuff up for me or whatever. But um, it was, you know, it for me, it was a very positive situation. I know for for other people, it hasn't been, and a lot of kids now have aides that go to the classes with them and do everything for them. And I think that's just a total disaster. But um, you know, I think I had a, I had a very good situation. I wish if they were going to, br- I wish I think they should bring back the resource program because I think the concept is a very good one. Oh yeah, because um, yeah. it gives blind kids the best of both worlds. Uh, we had somebody else on that did sort of a similar kind of thing, maybe. Karen Applegren, she just went to public school, and I, th- I don't think they had resources. I think they just, uh, maybe they did. They, but anyway, she went to all the public school. And I've, we've had several on who've gone, but you had a very nice uh, situation. But, of course, the one thing, you didn't know any other blind people, did you? Well, I, actually, I did, Phil, because the program that I was in in elementary school and uh, my first couple of years at junior high, we had blind kids from all over Eastern Mass, so there were seven blind kids in my in my program oh. with me. Okay. So I did. So I did. I did know them, and just just as to give you an idea, and this I think this says a, a good thing about the program. Of all the kids that I, the blind kids that I was in school with, um, and went through school with the contemporaries with me, mm-hmm. um, all of them are working today. All of them have jobs. So that's something to be said for that. That, that there is, since they they claim that we're seventy percent either under or un, unemployed or underemployed. Correct. I don't think that's true, but uh, but anyway, uh, that uh, so all the kids, the five or six kids that you went to school with, are all uh, contributing to society. Working. Yes, sir. And and I, I didn't mean that people who aren't working aren't contributing to no, society. No, that's correct. That, I understand that. But, but, but I mean, I think it's you know, I think the whole thing of it. I think there are a lot of people who, when they look at the public school situation now, they're throwing up their hands and they're saying, well, see, you know, I told you we should go back to residential schools, and I, I just don't think you can. I just don't think you can go back. Well, I don't I don't think we we would want to. Who who would, you know, I don't know who would advocate 
Is most of the people very, uh, well, I'd, I'd say not most of the people, but a good number of the people had the experience like I did. It was a, was a bad experience at a residential. So, I mean, they jerk you up when you're six years old and take you 200 miles from home with, you know, 25 other blind kids and a house mother who really doesn't give a damn about blind kids. How could it be a good experience? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I no know way. there are people that have had good experiences, and I, and I, I know... You know, like I said, there are positives. I think there's a lot of other things. I think it's a much more complicated it is. situation. I think it's a lot of it is family support, and a lot of it is, um, you know, there's a there's so many other factors that go into it. Well, you obviously had a very supportive family. I did because I did. they could have just sent you to the to the Massachusetts. They could have sent me to Perkins. But they right. didn't really want to do that. They could have they could have done that, but they didn't. And uh, you know, they that's. You know that's been a big, um, yeah, a big, you know, big success for me. And, and Perkins is one of the better schools, one of the better known, at least. It uh, is, but it's 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 changed. I mean, if you ask them, their demographics, most you won't find too many kids at Perkins anymore who are just uh, who blindness is their only disability. Yeah, yeah, that's know? they're multi, they're multi handicapped. Multiple, multiple, but, yeah. Um, it's, and 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 I think some with some maybe little mental problems of some kind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it isn't just blind kids anymore. We were we were discussing that every day, the other day at the school for the blind in Texas. Is is there are very few just I guess we can say that just blind like we are. Right, are exactly. Just, it's poor boys only blind. That's yeah, it. He, he can still walk and do things. <laughs> but uh, that's good that that all those those kids are working. Let's uh, we're about to, let's see where we. Minutes, 12 seconds. You hear my Radio Shack watch? Yes, yes I love it. It's uh, So let's just take a little break, and then we want to get you in uh, high school, see what you did there and, and uh, your, what your, your education after school was. Back in a minute with more of this week's Blind Like Me. lady singing tonight, so I hate to interrupt her, but let me just mention our little gathering that we're having in November. If you don't know about it, I don't know how you could listen to these shows and not know about it. We are getting together in November to do the 100th Blind Handyman Show. That's our other show that we do, assuming that you have heard that. Well, we're going to do show 100 in November at the, um, well, now the name escapes me. Anyway, I hope um, in Sheridan Hotel in Houston, Texas, and uh, it's a Sheridan North. It's out by the big airport, by the the uh, Intercontinental Airport, where most people will land. If you didn't land, however, I happen to think there is a shuttle between those two airports. Anyway, we're starting November 5th. We're coming in on Friday, November 5th. We're going to do November 5th and uh, the 6th. We're going to have some motivational speakers. Uh, Henry Caston is the only one I have lined up. We're uh, working on maybe bringing Carmen in from, from uh, California, but I don't forget I have the money to do that. Anyway, Don and I are going to both going to give a little a little talk and some of our history and some things we've done. Henry's going to talk to you, and we have some folks from Houston taping that are going to come and visit with us. Uh, all in all, we'll kill Saturday just talking about blind things. If you want to come and talk to us, well, we'd love to have you. 
Anyway, that'll be Saturday. Saturday night, we're going to try to play some music and sing some karaoke and just have a little general party. Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, we're going to tape a record, and not, not tape, we'll digitally record the 100th Blind Handyman Show. We'll have done 100 of those by then. Sunday afternoon, we're going to have some demonstrations of several things like Gold Wave, uh, the new Plex Talk uh, recorder. Um, I don't know what all, but several things Sunday afternoon. If you have some piece of gear you'd like to demonstrate, I want to demonstrate also a, um, a this little talking book reader that I've got. It's called Bookport. You may not have seen one of those. Anyway, demonstrations of blind things. Sunday night, a little music, karaoke, a little party. Monday morning, go home, back home. So all in all, a fun weekend. If you're interested, give me a call at 936-634-9500, or you can email me at philpar. That's just P-H-I-L-P-A-R-R at T-X-U-C-O-M dot net. Well, we're back with uh, Section 2 or Part 2, or whatever you call it. Uh, well, the Car Talk guys say they've got their split their show into three halves now. <laughs> they're, they're That's doing, right, three they're, they're taking a break, and that's what we do. We do an hour, but we do three hours. So uh, Tim Cummings from Boston, Mass., is with us. So you live in Boston proper? You live I, in, uh, I do. Actually, I live in Brighton, which is a, yeah. which is part of Boston. So co- close enough for uh, for horseshoes. For government work, I suppose. Yeah. And uh, what did you say? Let's talk about high school a little bit. You were in a normal, uh, regular public school with the band and all that. What what sort of things did you do in high school? I did... Um, I didn't do band in high school. I actually did band I, in junior high. I did stage band. And uh, in high school, I was, um, let's see, well, I was uh, I was in the French club because um, I, 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 I studied French. And um, I had a lot of, um, you know, a lot of activities. I had a lot of friends, of course. And uh, I, I had a very positive high school experience and you had sighted lots of sighted friends yes 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 i was there was um there was actually one other one other kid in uh, my hometown who was blind who i went all through school with who i knew mm-hmm. but he was the only kid in in the town so yeah most of my friends uh most of my friends were sighted and you, did you, you did you do some debate i didn't do debate actually we we didn't have a debating team um I'm trying to think. No, we didn't have a debating team in high school. I would have I didn't, thought you I didn't did. do any debating. Oh, but I did. Okay, I just remembered this now. And uh, this is right up your alley. We actually yeah. had, and you, you don't find too many schools that have them anymore, we actually had a 10-watt FM radio station. Oh, my. I'd like to have one now. Oh, man. <laughs> and it was, I was, um, I passed. This was in the days when you had, when you had to take the, uh, FCC. You know, the test. FCC, yeah. And uh, I took the test and... And got my license, and I was on the air for two years, and had a two-hour sh- uh, slot once a week. We had uh, we had three turntables and a cart machine and uh, a uh, reel-to-reel uh, tape recorder, really? and uh, I oh, I had a blast. I had a blast. So they had like a little high school radio department where they taught. They didn't mm. have. It, actually, it wasn't a course. It was an extracurricular. Uh, it was an extracurricular thing. So if you wanted to sign up, you would. You would go and you'd talk to the guy who kind of ran the station, and he would, uh, you know, you'd take the test and they'd show how to use the board and they'd say, what slot do you want? We were on at this point. I I don't know if you remember this. Uh, we initially were on like 10 hours a week, and then the Corporation for Public Broadcasting got uh, 
got kind of up in arms because all, a lot of these high school and college stations were taking that part of the ban which between 88 and yeah, the, uh, the 91. Ex- right. So they sent a petition to the FCC kind of whining, complaining, and saying, we want to change these hours so that these high school and college stations, if they want to use our frequencies, they have to be on the, stay on the air more. So a lot of the stations had to go off the air because they just didn't have the staffing yeah. to, to be on the air. But we actually we actually stayed on. I think we're we're finally off the air now because we got bumped by a, another college station that had had, uh, had more wattage than we did. But well, uh, that, that wanted to use the frequency full yeah, time. Yeah, uh, that's the criteria. Yeah, if you want to use it to full time, or if you're just going to be part time on the spectrum. So uh, that little ten watts was on. They put the little transmitter. They turn on, and uh, ten watts, if uh, on a good day with no inversions, covered. Not the city, but it covered it. I mean, you could hear it if you wanted to most anywhere, couldn't you? Oh, yeah. You could hear it in the town. You could hear it in some other towns. There was actually a uh, – you'll get a kick out of this. There was right. a college station uh, in a, at uh, Tufts University yeah. a couple, uh, in Medford, Mass., a couple towns away. And, and one of the things they got in trouble for, uh, and they, they got in big trouble for this, they decided to uh, hook their transmitter up to the uh, railroad tracks. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> they were doing quite well. <laughs> well this, uh, now this must it was this an AM? This uh, this was the, an FM. Oh oh, so they uh, they're using the railroad tracks as an antenna. Yes, and uh, hmm. I don't know how they worked it out, but they they were discovered. Needless to say, and it, it, they were covering too much area. They thought. Uh, I think they, they were. Yeah. yeah, I think. Of course, this was covered. this was back when the FCC cared. This was yeah, back when this is, this is back before a free market, before cell phones, before um, yeah. before, before deregulation, before deregulation, before yeah. uh, when the FCC was a, at one time was a a uh, bad big brother, brother. You uh, that's right, the funny you, candy company. Yeah, they uh, they I had them walk in on me twice at radio stations when I was on the air, wow. uh, and it freaked him out. Who is the chief engineer? Well, I am. Well, you're totally blind. Well, yes, sir, I know that probably better than you do. Well, how can you be the engineer? Well, I just am. I am by dint of the fact that I know more than anybody here. Uh, That's the only reason. But uh, anyway, that's another story. So you worked on this. You were glad to volunteer. You You had kind of gotten the radio bug even before the high school time. Oh, I did. I was I was always a big listener to radio, and um, I never thought I was really good at it, but you know, I liked it, and I thought it was cool, and, you know, telling my friends to listen. I mean, I had friends in, you know, a couple of towns away who had pretty good antenna systems, and they could hear me and uh, critique me and, you know, make tapes of me and stuff like that. And uh, I, I had a blast. It was a great uh, it was a great time. I see. Was WBZ rocking and rolling at that time or not? W, oh, yeah. WBZ's been around since, uh, I think, the 1930s. Oh, yeah. They, they were back then. Yeah. They were 50,000 watts. This is back in the days of, um, you probably remember this guy. This is back in the days of Larry Glick. Yes. Yes. Larry Glick was the, was the big rage at BZ back then overnight. Back when AM was it? Unfortunately now, I think there there's actually some other um, stations on their frequency. So at night they don't. I don't know oh, there are. Hit. There yeah. are, but there was a time when there were only two stations in the United States at 1030, and that was the one in Corpus. Christie, Texas, which is a daytimer, to 50,000 watt daytimer. And when it signed off, you could hear WBZ yeah. at night. 
Of course, yeah. now they've you know the AM band is so crowded and so messed up. You can't uh, you can't do anything. But at that time, AM was king, and you could hear those big stations all over the nation. Oh yeah, and I was a big I was a big Larry Glick fan. <laughs> Stayed up at night. Stayed up at uh, night, night, listened to all those yeah. stories, and uh, he's retired and living down in Florida somewhere, I think. Okay, so you did that in high school. You were a member of the French club. Did you all uh, you all just spoke French to each other, or what did you we do? We did. We did. We just uh, we spoke French to each other, and it was a way of you know practicing. And uh, and I at this time I thought actually I thought that radio was what it was what I wanted to do. Uh huh. And uh, so that's what I studied when I went off to college. So so we left high school and went to uh, went to what college? Went to Boston University. Yeah, well, there are lots of colleges up there to choose from. There, there are tons of colleges. There are. There's, there's, there's a whole bunch of them. Boston's a very big uh, college town, and uh, but BU had a good communications program, so I went and I was a, a broadcast journalism major and actually a, a French minor. And the reason I did a French minor was because they said to me, "Well, you have to take a math or a science." I said, "Well, can I get out of that?" And they said, "Well." If you take a language, you can get out of that. And I said, "All right." So you already knew some French. So I already knew some you French. Took, uh, so I figured I would just kind of coast. Well, I didn't end up coasting. Yeah. But it, it was work. But uh, it was a good. Um, it was a good program. BU's program is uh, a little different than some of the other schools in the sense that you don't get a lot of hands-on in the equipment until probably your second or third year. The first two years, they want to give you a lot of liberal arts courses. The idea, if you're going to be a journalist going out there interviewing people, uh, you need to know, you know what's, yeah. going on, what's going on in the world. Sure, and that's good. So and that's that's a good thing. Um, they actually had a little carrier current uh, radio station. I never, I didn't join it just because I was kind of disgusted after being on the nice ten water that I was on in high school. I said, I want to work on this little carrier current thing. Yeah. So. Uh, but I uh, I went through four years. I had a lot of friends, and as, as a matter of fact, my uh, my twentieth uh, reunion is next year. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. You didn't want to work on their little carrier current radio station after being on the no, Big was, Ten Water. I was kind of a radio snob, I guess. <laughs> That's funny. That is so funny. So and 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 so you were you were going to go out interview people and be a newsman and be. Oh, a, I thought I was going to be you know the next. Uh, you know, uh, Bob Edwards or Scott Simon or something. I had, you know, grandiose dreams. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with the grandiose dreams. <laughs> uh, they're they're good. They keep they sustain some of us. Some of us this, old guys still have them. Even this we is can, true. Uh, we're just harmless, but we can still dream. But uh, and so you took four years of this. Actually, got a degree in radio, radio television or communications. Uh, from, yeah, actually, yeah, it was a degree in communications. That broadcast journalism was the was the specialty. So I could have actually done radio or or TV. I didn't do too much. Uh, I didn't do too much stuff with with TV. I had I had a writing for radio uh, course, which was which was which was a lot of fun. We used to write newscasts and stuff like that. And I had I of course had to take a, a bunch a couple of uh, you know intro to journalism classes. Yeah. Those are always fun. You have to write obituaries and things like that. They didn't teach you. They teach you how to write commercials. They did. Do they do that? No, no, I didn't. Um, they didn't teach me how to write commercials. And I think, and I think if I'd been in a, if a different program, I think if I'd been in probably the, uh, you know, 
PR and advertising program, a program that I would have learned how to write uh, spots and all that kind of stuff. That probably See, would have been I, a good thing to know. I think it would. I think a, a blind person, if you're in the right circumstances where the, where the Internet is now, you could actually work at home. I'd like to have a job as a copywriter yeah. now, that, now, that I can, now that I can type. Yeah. Uh, no. you know, before well, you... that's the other thing. You know, I uh, I got to tell you, just as an aside, this is and this is funny. I um, I learned to type when I was nine because the idea was that uh, so I could type my my papers for class because sure. obviously most of my teachers were sighted, so yeah. they didn't read Braille. So when I got to college, the thing that amazed me, being in a journalism program, was how many people that were in this program with me that couldn't type. And it was funny, you know, at 2 in the morning, yeah. you, 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 the people would be up, and, you know, they'd be working on the papers, and you'd hear, you know, clink, 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 you know, just one letter at a time, just typing <laughs> hunting and pecking on the keyboard, and, you and could, I was typing away at 60 words a minute, you, you know, because I, like I was nine. So Yeah, you'd, you'd think that, uh, that public schools would make kids learn to type. It's a necessary skill these days. Oh, it really, I mean, it, it really is. So what do you, you figure these kids did their, I guess, did their, their high school homework in longhand? Hey, well, yeah. exactly. And a lot of kids, um, I had friends who actually were good typists who actually people would pay them to type their papers. That, that was a yeah. big industry at college. Well, the only thing about typing as a blind person on the Smith Corona or Underwood or whatever, old manual typewriter, is you knew you were typing, but you didn't know if you were doing anything. You didn't know if you were doing any good you you didn't you it would be of course you could set the margins and you could do all those things but you know I'm sure that there's blind people that would I think we talked to one one girl that said she typed a whole you know big ten page thing and somebody finally told her that the ribbon wasn't oh yeah you know. it was setting the wrong yeah. that happened to me many times that happened to me many times or you get halfway through a paper and it'll be fine then all of a sudden it would just it would just fade and you'd have to retype the rest of it and of course the thing is. Um, particularly when I had English uh, classes in college, it was really, I was doing double duty because they wanted to see your your draft as well as your finished copy. Okay. So, so what I would have to do is I would braille up my draft, then I would type that up, then I would type up the final draft. So it was... Uh, you know, it was I was doing kind of double the work. It was a hard way to do things. It was a hard uh, way to do things, but that was you know that was what they wanted. So to you'd, you'd have to read a line of braille and then type that line exactly. and then read. Oh, exactly. Get out of town. It would be terrible. <laughs> and I'm a pretty good braille reader. I mean, you yeah. know, I, 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 but I, but it was it was, uh, and I pulled many. Boy, that's the thing about college. I don't miss was pulling all nighters to get papers done. Yeah, now now we've got those wonderful computers and uh, yeah, yeah, just type away. Uh, it, it, that's that would be a hard way. I, I admire anybody who who've got through college doing it the, the braille way and with uh, with the manual typewriters. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was. I actually had a uh, I actually had an electric. So in that sense, it, it, it was pretty good. So it was a, it was a little bit easier. But but yeah, in terms of that, and of course, you'd still have to somebody proofread the, the paper for you. 
you know, to make sure that you... But if you if you inadvertently misspelled a word, you were screwed. Yeah. Because well, there was nothing. you got a phone nothing. call in the middle of you were doing something and you forgot where you left off... You were, you were in trouble. You were, you <laughs> you were in out, trouble. You were SOL. Because yep. if, you, if you misspelled a word or you uh, put too many letters in a word, too many T's, if you put three T's at, you know, at the end of something, uh, you, you, there's nothing you could do about it except start over. Exactly. So you had to be extremely accurate and extremely careful. I, I with the the, the uh, my personality, I couldn't have done it because I'm always checking. I check everything. I, when I lock a door, I go check it two or three times just to make sure. I, you know, I'm just one of those. It would have just driven me nuts. I couldn't have done it. Yeah. So I, I sold I brooms. It, I, no, it is. It, it, <laughs> It can be, it can be yeah, pretty crazy. It would be pretty crazy. Let's uh, let's take our second little break, and then we'll come back and talk about your what you did after you got out of uh, got out. Because obviously you went looking for radio jobs. You wouldn't you wouldn't have gotten a degree if you didn't want one, right? Right, right. All right, back in just a minute with more of this week's blind like me. Hang on. Here's a website our crack research team certifies screen reader friendly. Now with this week's blind site, here's Don Shaw. I want to talk today about a site that a listener to the Blind Like Me show named Chrissy sent us. It's N-H-E-S-T, which stands for Natural History and Science Education It's a really fine outdoor type site for the outdoor enthusiast. You can sit at your computer and you can uh, take a virtual tour of some nature trails with all the sounds of birds and different things that one might encounter along the way of walking along this nature trail. Several virtual nature trails, in fact, on the site. It's a great site full of just lots of really, really super information. If you have any interest in the outdoors and hearing the different sounds along the trail, go and take the virtual tour. Go to www.nhest.org. And, of course, I'd have to give this one a blind friendliness rating of a 10. Until next time, I'm Don Shaw. Keep on blind sighting. If you found a screen reader friendly website you'd like us to mention, send your email to blindlikeme, all one word, at txucom.net. And join us again next time for Blind Sites. Back with portion three, blind like me, Tim Cummings, our guest from Boston. But you don't, you have no Boston accent. I, I meant to mention while I, Well, maybe that's just all my years in radio training. I don't know. Maybe. I did when I was a little kid, but I lost it. I think, but part of that was because my parents never really had a Boston accent. So. Well, you don't seem to have compared to click and clack. No, compared I don't to, say car, Although I can, I can, I can say car and Harvard Yard. Yeah. And. Uh, and and horse riding a horse, but it's, it's uh, car, car talk. It's not car it's talk. Not car talk. It's car talk. I I listened to it this morning. As a matter of fact, I <laughs> I taped it from NPR yesterday and and listened to those boys this morning. They're on vacation, so it was an old show. But they have a they have a neat way of doing old shows. You really can't tell. I think they <laughs> I think they mix several calls together. 
I think they do. In fact, I, we've I've got all their I've got a, not all of them, but I've got a couple of their CDs too of their yeah. Yeah, and and I I noticed the other day for the first time that they sing on some of the CDs. Oh wow! So actually, you know, there's a, it was a duet that they something they played the other day is one of the little break tunes, and it was obvious that it was you know Tom and Ray Malnyatsi. Oh, that's great! Singing, uh, uh, so that's that's good. I guess you know everybody can sing a little bit, or most people can. Exactly. Um, so anyway, you're in Boston, but you don't have a Boston accent, which is I suppose good. But you got a degree in uh, communications or radio, TV, or what whatever they called it. What it was their terminology for it? Minor in French. Yes, sir. So, you got out of college. This was, uh, let's see, so you were born in 61, 62? 63. So, I got out of college in 80, 85. 85. So, uh, it was uh, mid-80s in time for young Tim Cummings to find a job. What would you do? Well, I I didn't kind of know what I, I mean, I, I knew I kind of wanted to get into broadcasting, but I wasn't sure really what I wanted to do. So, I took a year off, and in that year off, I took a, uh, took a, a computer course because I figured I'd want to learn about Adaptive computers, because this was when the Apple, this is when the adaptive computers were just first coming out. The right. Apple IIe was around, and uh, I, I'm sure you, we talked about that last night. You yeah, we had one. We had, I didn't have any voice for it, but we had one. Yeah. And uh, so then I decided, I said, well, I think, I said, well, you know, I kind of really want, I said, I think I want to go back to school. And after getting all this work in radio, I, I was interested when I was in, when I'd been in college, I'd taken a couple courses in religion. And uh-huh. so I became interested in, in theology of all things. Okay. And I said, well, maybe I want to go back to school and maybe go on and get my doctorate and teach or maybe even go into pre, go into ministry. Really? And, and people joked with me because they said, well, you're going to, you're going to be the left, a left wing Jimmy Swaggart or what? What's yeah. <laughs> the deal? Cause you're there in, uh, in, uh, in Teddy Kennedy country. Uh, yes, yes, yes. There are no, uh, Jesus loves me, but he hates your brother cause he's gay. That's that right. That kind of stuff, you know? So, so I applied to, uh, Boston University actually has a very good theology program and I huh. applied and I got in. And this was a so I applied to, to get a master's in theological studies. Oh, um, and it was a uh, it was great. It was um, I, I met you know people from all uh, different you know Christian backgrounds, and uh, I studied a, of some um, theology and philosophy, and had a, a really g- good time. And I actually was able. I actually got to do some preaching, which was which was kind of fun. Uh, I, I had some try. friends of mine who were, um, you know, pastors at local churches who would who let me preach at their churches, and that was that was a blast. But I decided that after going through all this, that I didn't want to. Number one, I didn't want to go into ministry because I didn't. I liked preaching, but I it was something. It was something I wanted to do every week. And I decided that I didn't have the stamina to go on and get a Ph.D. because I would have to, to do that, I would probably have had to, had to learn German. And I started learning German. And uh, I don't know if you've ever taken any German, but Braille German is very difficult. It's, um, it's much more contracted than English Braille. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got through that degree. Well, and, I mean, back up and, just a second. Why, yeah. why would you have have had to learn German? I, I'm lost there. Well, oh, because because probably for for to get a to get a PhD, um, I, a lot of the theologians were uh, 
were German theologians, and so you, what you what what you want to be able to read them in the original texts mm. in the original German, um, and so um, and you need to, to get a PhD most of the time in this kind of field. You need to have some la- you need to have a language, and, you need, and so well, you had French. I had French, but you know that w- that's true. But it wasn't. Uh, French wasn't French was not the language of theology. German was the language of theology. You had the French, yes. You did. I guess they didn't figure that was right. You know, language and philosophy. Yeah, they. uh, Okay, I can see that. And and so, but he didn't want to do the German. Now, was this? Were they? Were they um, espousing a particular religion or just general theology? BU was a. It is linked with the United Methodist Church. Okay. Um, well, they're pretty liberal. They're pretty liberal. Of course, I was more liberal because I'm a Unitarian. Yeah. They didn't kind of know what to make of me. Uh, so you're the guy that goes around burning question marks on people's exactly, lawns, right? Exactly. You're that guy. So they didnn't know what to make because because I was, I, in some ways, I was more theologically, theologically liberal than a lot of my classmates, but yeah. not necessarily as politically liberal. So they, they didn't know what to make of me. So they couldn't figure me out. And, uh, you know, and I'd, I'd say to my, uh, you know, I'd say to my, uh, my New Testament, uh, professor, uh, you know, I'd say to him in his office, you know, during the day, I, one day I said, you know, well, what, uh, you know, who is the real Jesus? And we got into a big discussion about this, you know, uh, and, and, you know, why do we need the Trinity and all this kind of stuff? And they all don't this, like you know, that. Heretical stuff, which they you, they don't like that. No, you're not supposed to ask. No, you're not supposed to ask. You're supposed to, you're supposed to just take it on faith and... You know, Garrison told this joke. He said that that he joined a group called the Unitarists. <laughs> and like I said a while ago, they went around burning big question marks in people's lawn. I thought, this is funny. But you can't tell that on the job because people don't get it. They don't. No, no. I, I told him, I'm going to tell this joke till somebody laughs, and nobody ever has. You know? No, no, because, no, uh, you know, that's right. So I was in a, I was a, I was kind of a fish out of water, but I I, yeah. had, I had a good time. Yeah, they I, don't want you to question. They they don't want to be asked. You know, if we take parts of the Bible literally, don't we have to take the whole thing literally? Because if we did, we'd be cutting off people's hands for drinking too much. Exactly. Uh, there'd be a lot of things we'd be doing. They, they talk right. about the Bible is against gays and gay marriage. Jesus loves me, but he doesn't love you because you're gay. Exactly. Uh, that's exactly. there's something wrong with that, folks. There's that's well, wrong. Well, maybe you should start a. Maybe you should. You know, maybe you should start a. Uh, I tell you, it's very interesting though because I, you could you could get. Um, you know, there's a lot of you. You should start a uh, blind like religion show. You think blind like uh, religion? Have some interesting discussions. I'll tell oh, you. Oh, I want to steer. I, I'm I'm anti organized religion. I'm against it. <laughs> so you I think it. I think it. It causes more problems than it solves. I'm 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 a serious believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if that's what we want to call him. I'm I'm a believer in God, but I don't. I eschew organized religion. I don't like it. I, I think it's. Uh, you know, they're like the Baptists are against the gays. Well, why? Well, yeah, the, uh, and, only, and only certain Baptists. So only certain you're Baptists. You're in Texas, which is Southern Baptist country. Yeah, the difference in Southern Baptists and Northern Baptists. You know, Dave Gardner. What did he say? Like, the Northern Baptists say, uh, "Say there ain't no hell." Southern Baptists say, "The hell they ain't." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference. So, you, and you decided that you was your. Were you just 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 a question? Were your parents pushing this? Are they religious? No, they? no, no, they, no. They, my parents aren't religious at all. I mean, they 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 were they were fine with it, but no, they weren't pushing it at all. 
um, you know, they they said, you know, whatever you want to do. They they weren't they're not religious. Uh, my parents uh, are very know, liberal. I'm so. just just trying to hearken because my mother would have loved for little Phil or my brother or one of us to have been a preacher. She just yeah. thought that's what she wanted. And of course, I when I wanted something, I satisfied her by telling that's what I was going to do, uh, so I could get her to buy me some cigarettes or something. I, you know, that's just. <laughs> That kind of stuff. So you went and you, but you didn't get the degree in theology. You? No, I did. I got the degree in theology, but I, 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 I did. I, I, I did. I did get it. That's a four-year degree or what? I decided, it was a master's in theological studies, but I decided oh. not to go on and do. Um, I decided not to go on for a PhD, and I decided not to go on and do uh, preaching. Mm-hmm. So I, I got out of school, and I was. Um, I was school for a couple of years, and of course now I didn't know really what I wanted to do because I really hadn't done any of the broadcasting stuff, and so I was looking around for a job. And then I happened upon I got a call from my counselor one day. I went to a I went through a a program to kind of assess your job skills and you know your talents and so on and so forth. And I went to this whole program and I and I said, well, customer service that's something I could probably do. So I came up with a whole you know, resume and so on and so forth. And I got a call from my counselor at the commission, and he said, we've got this uh, Boston Edison is interested in hiring a blind person, and, you know, there's this possible job. Would you be interested? And I said, sure. And I, so I faxed over my resume, and they looked at it, and they liked it. And the the guy who hired me, the only thing he was worried about, he said is, well, geez, you know, he's probably not going to stay with this job because he's so overqualified that, uh, you know, he's, but well, you are. We'll, we'll give him a try. And uh, so they hired me, and I've been there 11 years. So. And, but you have a degree in, in they call it a degree in theology or a degree in, what do I they call it? I have a degree in theology. I have a, and, I have a bachelor's degree in journalism, and I have a master's degree in theology. And you're doing neither. And I'm doing neither, but in a way you could say I'm doing both because I'm ministering to customers. <laughs> Using and, communication and, well, and you're, skills. and you're talking using communication skills, yes. uh, which you were very good at. You have your enunciation is good. You you have a uh, you you have a very nice ready laugh, which oh, I, I look to I look to people that people who don't laugh I don't want to be around. Well, you, you know? need you, listen in, in 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 a customer service job you need a, a nice ready laugh sometimes. You do. I I, yeah. I, I, I hate to do it. I tell a lot of people. Uh, where to get off, I guess, and get in trouble. It's a good thing I do what I do, isn't it? No one supervises me. Or That's right. That's I just right. never was one to take orders. It's just terrible. That's why I'm where I am. But here's the thing, and so you, you got this job, and uh, uh, let's talk about your your activities at night now. You stated in your when you wrote me that you were the host or the master or the what – do, what do you do for these at night? I'm I'm a webmaster of two websites. Can I give the... Sure. Give, the give anything you want to. Okay. Uh, one of them is www.vibug, V-I-B-U-G.org, O-R-G. And this is our local computer users group here in Boston, Blind Computer Users Group. We've been in existence for over almost 15 years. And uh, we have a meeting once a month where we all get together and we demo some new piece of either of computer equipment. And what I do is... I'm the webmaster for the website, and I also record the meetings and on Minidisc and then put them up on the website so that people who can't get to them can go and listen to the past meetings online and hear the demos. 
Oh, so they're online, just like they're ACB online. Radio. Yep. You have archived. Uh, yep, archived. And, and we do, we're not live streaming yet, but we're hoping to, to do that. So that's uh, that's one of the sites that I manage and, and do the audio recording for that. Okay, let's don't move from that in just sure. a second. And what kinds of uh, what kinds of pieces? Of, like last month, what did you demonstrate? Um, let me think now. What did we do last month? Um, no, la- okay, we didn't have a demo last month. The last demo that we had that's up there is we had the new Nokia accessible cell phone, okay. cell phone that's up there. Okay, and, and uh, which is pretty keen cool thing to have. And that's going to be out and available early yeah, 2005. Oh, is it next month? Yeah, ne- actually yeah. this month. In August. It's supposed to come out in August. Yeah. yeah so, so, uh, Singular is supposed to, supposed to release a model. And, and what do you have any idea what they're going to be priced for? I think it's going to, I think it's going to cost um, $300, but that includes the software. And the phone and the uh, software. And and it will do many things that you can't do now, like uh, you can look over your phone number list. Phone number list. You can, you'll be able to do uh, text messaging. You'll be able to tell if you if your battery's low on your phone. If, so, if somebody stuff. calls me, if I got a missed call, can I read that number? Yep, yep. It'll be able to do all oh, that. Oh, see, that's that's for $300. Uh, yeah, it costs it cost more than it should. There's no question about that. But you got to remember, there's not too many of us, and there's not going to be too many people who are going to want one of those and to you know it cost them something to build it and spring for the bucks get one exactly. and, and so you do every month uh, give me some ideas like you've done braille and speak you've done we've done braille and speak we've done the braille uh, we've done the packmate the braille note we've done um I, we haven't done the latest version of jaws yet we got to uh, we got to get around to doing that i think uh we i'm trying to think so this is main menu with an attitude. This is well, yeah. This is main. This is main menu. This is kind of a local version of main menu, but it's we concentrate on one product instead of main menu doing three or four things. We just we just do one and focus on that for the whole hour right. and a half. Demo. Now give us give us the URL again because people are going to want to go check sure. this out. It's www. dot vibug v i b u g v i b u g dot org Visually Impaired Blind Users Group. And it's, it's, uh, I'm the webmaster, so I can say this to, to Mr. Shaw. Yeah. If he looks at it, he should give it a screen uh, reader-friendly rating of a 10, because it's, it's very exciting. Well, we're going to see that he goes and reviews it. Trust me. Okay. We're going to, we'll okay. see it. I'll tell him about it Tuesday when I, when I see the boy. Uh, that's, that's very good. Vibug.org. Yes, uh, that's one that you look at, and this has all sorts of reviews of equipment. What's the other one, sir? The other site is uh, blindcitizens.org, www.blindcitizens.org, and I'm the webmaster for that site. And this is a nonprofit organization which, among other things, gives scholarships to blind people who are looking to get uh, any kind of technology device. And they also have an uh, a interview uh, program that they do where they interview people, uh, a different guest every month, and I put those up on the net. So I'm the webmaster of that site as well and do some of the audio production for them. Now, what is at this site? What can you find at this, at this you, site? You can have, well, we, we, they've got a couple things. They've got, um, they've got a monthly... Um, They've, they've got a monthly kind of radio show that's done, which is which is an interview with a with a one or two different kind of the guests. They've got a, a newsletter that comes out four times a year, which has a lot of resources in it, um, articles, people who are looking for different uh, places. For example, 
money to get scholarships for college. They've got a lot of resources about that. Okay. And a um, lot of, lot of uh, good information out there. They also, um, one of the other fun things they're doing, and actually they're playing this week, they have a, a baseball team here in Boston that I used to play for, which I'm, I'm not playing for anymore, but they're out this week at the World Series, which is out in uh, Columbus. Well, really, and, and you you played, but you you think you've gotten I too played, old? Yeah, I played for a couple of years, but I uh, yeah. I just decided it was too much. <laughs> and you're 41 years old, you know. Yeah, you're well, you're you get to... some older people out of the team, but I decided no, you're liable to get hurt. Not running around for me. Well, sir, we've run just almost completely out of time, but I want to say this: um, you were very easy to talk to, very relaxed uh, uh, for me. Uh, and I enjoyed it, and I think everybody else will. And I'm looking forward to to uh, shaking your hand and sitting down and, and doing some serious visiting with you in November, sir. Well, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. So. And I think it's going to be great fun. And you need to tell your wife now that you, John Conley and I will have our Plex uh, Talk units there, and you don't want to feel uh, left out. <laughs> or, or anything. I'll put that bug in here. You might mention that to her. Uh, <laughs> instead of a, how about if I don't buy any microphones for your year, babe? How about if we? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because you're a mic buyer. I, I know that. Oh, I am. I'm going to bring something to show All right. you. So. Well, you, you do that, and I'll look forward to meeting you in November. Our guest has been Tim Cummings from Boston. Thank you, sir, and we'll talk with you. Thank you, Bill. What a delightful fellow he was. Jim Cummings from Boston. He will be with us in November at our gathering. Reminder again, phone number uh, 634-9500 is my number. And I'm home most of the time. They might, uh, you know, I don't have an answering machine. So if I don't answer, it's because I'm not here. Uh, I, I'm uh, kind of a home guy. <laughs> Hang around the house a lot. So give me a call if you're interested in going. You can email me at philpar at txucom.net. That's philpar at txucom.net. And I'll uh, answer you and give you more details and send you a thing that I've written that gives most of the information about what we're doing. The 100th Blind Handyman Show. Just an excuse to get together and visit a little bit. And uh, we hope you'll come and be with us. We'd love to have you. That's November 5th, 6th, 7th. Go home on the 8th. Call me, 634-9500. Love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. More Blind Like Me.